0: The Couple Next Door, written by Peg Lynch, and starring Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce.
1: Hello, Uh, Mother. No, no, no. No, no news yet. No, but I thought I'd better call you. I, I, I knew you'd be worrying. No, no. No, I'm in the waiting room at the hospital here. I've been sitting here all night with a friend of mine, Charlie Bemis, You know, he's been nice enough to stick around. Yeah. Well, I, I called her mother, too, and said I'd call back as soon as the baby arrives. Yeah. No, I, I'm not worried, I guess. Yeah. Okay, Mom. Yeah, I will. Goodbye, darling. Yeah, hey, come on. Here's some coffee uh, for you. Oh, gee, thanks, Charlie. Yeah, nurse said the coffee shop opened at 7 o'clock, so I thought I'd go down and get us some while you were phoning. Oh, thanks. Well, come on now, drink some coffee. Do you good, pal. Yeah, gee, I can't tell you, Charlie, how much I appreciate you sitting around with me all night like this. Ah, forget it. I just hope Madge believes that's where I've been, that's all. <laughs> you know the old gag? I've been in the hospital all night sitting up with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Want to play some more gin rummy? Oh, no, no thanks. Two-handed bridge? No, no. Uh. How about um, reading some of the magazines here? Yeah, I just don't feel like reading, Charlie. Some National Geographics here. Are you interested in tropical butterflies along the Amazon? Oh, I, I don't think so, Charlie. I, I, uh, I just can't think of reading, you know. And, uh-huh. and, uh... i tell you what. Let's, um, let's see if we can name all the capitals of the states, huh? Hey, come on now. Won't do you any good to just sit there and worry. Nothing you can do anyhow but sit and wait. (laughs) All right, now we'll start with Washington and go down. Olympia. Oregon. Uh, Salem. Uh, California. Sacramento.
0: Wherever you may be, Sacramento, California, Boston, Massachusetts, state capital or county seat... CBS Radio deals you four of a kind and every one an ace. As you can hear week in and week out, it's dialer's choice as CBS Radio presents songs by Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney, Tennessee Ernie Ford, and Patty Page. They all visit you regularly on most of these same stations, and all of them sing the songs you like to hear. Are you held captive by household chores? Well, you can still enjoy the sparkling songs of Bing, Rosemary, Tennessee Ernie, and Patty. Or are you heading for distant places, Keep your automobile radio tuned to CBS Radio and this light-hearted foursome will follow you anywhere. If you want your spirits lifted or merely want to ease a workday strain, join us here on these CBS radio stations as we star Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney, Tennessee Ernie Ford, and Miss Patty Page.
1: Okay, what's the capital of West Virginia? West Virginia. Look, Charlie, I I I, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm sorry. I, I can't concentrate on on that when I'm, I'm. What is taking so long? It's fifteen hours since she came to the hospital. Charlie, Charlie, something's gone wrong. They're not telling me. No, no, no. S- nothing has gone wrong. I know how you feel. I've had three of them. But believe me, there's just nothing to do but sit here and wait. Well, when I when I think of her just lying in there, wherever she is, I. You know, she's a wonderful wife, Charlie. She's a wonderful wife. Yeah, she sure is. Wonderful wife, wonderful mother, and a darn good cook. Yeah, she sure is. I couldn't have asked for her. A, for a... You know something, Charlie? She always thinks of me first. She really does. Now, 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 for example, you know, if there's just one piece of cantaloupe left for breakfast, for instance, she gives it to me. You know what I mean? Is that so? Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. She always gives me the outside slice when we have roast pork, even though I know darn well she likes the outside slice, too, you know, because it's crispy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. But... She always insists that I have it. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, she's unselfish. Oh, she is. She is, Charlie. You know, when there's only one left or something, she always gives it to me. Says that she doesn't want it anyhow, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the worst of it is, of course, old selfish me. What? I take it. I take it. I I let her make the sacrifice. Oh, now, now, you gotta look at it this way, pal. She gives you the outside slice of the pork roast because she wants you to have it. I still say it's selfish of me to take it. No, I don't, not at all. Oh, yes you want to make her happy, don't you? Oh, sure. Well, then it makes her happy when you're happy. That's the way women are. Now You know that. Yeah, 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 I guess so. Well, then, when she gives you the rest of the cantaloupe or the outside slice of pork or the uh, olive out of her martini, you take it. No, she doesn't drink martinis, Charlie. Well, you know what I mean, just to figure a figure of speech. And you're a lucky man. Now, in our family, I seem to be the one who's always making Madge happy. She always reaches over and grabs the whipped cream off my butterscotch pudding. Yeah, well, it's fattening anyhow. Yeah, don't I know it. That's what she says. Wants me to stay young and slim and beautiful. Yeah, well, you know, you really don't appreciate your wife, I guess, until some crisis like this happens. Mm. All the work she does around the house, you know what I mean? Cleaning, washing, cooking, mending... You know what she does on real cold winter mornings? No, what? She gets up and closes the window. No kidding. Oh, yeah, sure. Not only that, but she puts the heater on in the bathroom so it's warm when I get up. Well, she's a wonderful yeah. woman. All these things she does for me, and I just accept them. Just accept them. In fact, I, I, I don't even think of them until a time like this. I I don't think I've even ever said thank you. Oh, now, sure you have. No, oh, I, I I don't think so, Charlie. I I, I just accept them. Oh, look, you're getting yourself all worked up. Well, when I... When I think of how really wonderful she's always been to me and how how downright nasty and unpleasant I've been to her sometimes. I mean, I, I, I've i been horrible to her, Charlie. Like, like the time... Let, let, let me tell you about it. The time that she kept me waiting downtown for 45 minutes. Well, that it burn me up, too. And does. Madge is always late. Well, I tell you, I was so burned up, I just came right on home. I did. Went right home and I yelled at her. I can't bear to think of it now. Well, I don't blame you. Well, let you. me tell you how it happened. I waited 45 minutes, then I came on home and... Pretty soon, she came home, and boy, I lit into her. I I wouldn't even let her talk, and she tried to explain the poor kid.
2: Let me explain, dear. And anyhow, I know I wasn't 45 minutes late. I was just a few minutes late. Well, well, 45 did... no,
1: I... minutes late. 45 minutes. I stood on that street corner. Well,
2: your watch must be wrong.
1: If my watch was wrong, then so was the clock on the First National Bank and the clock in the car and also the radio station because I checked my watch in naval observatory time.
2: I wasn't 45 minutes late. And anyhow, the reason I was a few minutes late, if you'll listen always to me, dear, excuses, I... Well, I... Always excuses.
1: always late and they always have excuses. Well, Every don't... time we go anywhere, we're late. Well, and I tell you, I'm tired of it. There. Thousands of people just like you. You seem to think it's cute or something to be late. The rest of us have to just sit around waiting and waiting for you. Now, I ask you, is it even fair? Well,
2: no, it isn't, dear, and I am sorry. I know I do have a tendency to be late, but I know I wasn't 45 minutes late this time, and anyhow... You 45 if you d-
1: minutes late. If you would just listen to me. And she kept kept trying to explain, but I wouldn't listen, not me. I was so darn mad. You know how it turned out, Charlie? You know why she kept me waiting? No, Why? I'll tell you. She'd walked all over town trying to find a present for me. Something I've been wanting. Beautiful leather picture frame with her, her picture in it and Betsy's picture oh, in it. Oh, boy, isn't that always the way? Yeah, yeah. Then there was a time she wanted a hamburger at midnight. So I got up, I got dressed, drove around town. Middle of a blizzard, practically. I got a flat tire and had to walk a mile to a gas station because I didn't have a jack. Then I couldn't find a place open to get a hamburger. And what, when I finally found one, got home two hours later... What do you think she said? Nothing. By that time, she was asleep and didn't want it. Oh, no, no, no. She opens the hamburger and says, where's the relish? You didn't hit her. No, no, no. But boy, was I burned up. Oh, boy, I yelled at her. I yelled at her. And why? Well, she couldn't help it. You know how women are when they're that way. They want peculiar things to eat at strange hours. Yeah, yeah. Madge always wanted butter pecan ice cream at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, know. brother, you try to find butter pecan ice cream at that hour. I tell you, it makes me sick when I think how I've treated her. Sometimes how I've, how I've hollered at her. I, I keep remembering little things, you know, like the, like the time I got this long-distance call from San Francisco. Important business, mind you, and I needed a pencil to write stuff down. And, as usual, no pencil at the telephone. Yeah, I know. Well, she was doing her best to help me.
2: Stop yelling at me. I am looking for a pencil.
1: This guy is calling all the way from San Francisco.
2: I don't care if he's calling all the way from the South Pole. I cannot find a pencil. I have looked everywhere. There should
1: always be a pencil right by this telephone. Well, I try to
2: keep one there, but either you
1: or Betsy take it. Why, Why is it you time? can spend five hours at Bridge Club, but you can't spend five minutes at home organizing an efficient system for running a house? I... Oh, there's a pencil right on the desk. Why don't you use your eyes? Honestly, how anybody can be so stupid. Now oh, the point is broken. I know it. Look, look, this guy is on the phone. Will you help me find one, please? No,
2: I don't think I'd be able to see one anyhow, dear. I don't seem to use my eyes, and I'm so stupid. No, no, you, you find your own pencil. I think I'll sit and read the paper, dear. Oh,
1: If women could learn to run their homes with the efficiency of an office... Maybe
2: you should have married your secretary, if I'm so.
1: And, of course, of course, it turned out that I was the one who had taken the pencil that she had put by the telephone i tell you something, Charlie. If she comes through this, I'll never, I swear, I will never yell at her again. So help me. Well, don't make rash promises, pal, because I think I see the doctor coming down the hall. Oh? Yep, yep, and a great big smile. Come on, pal, let's see what it was. A boy or a girl.
0: We'll return to the couple next door in just a moment. Nothing wins a fine reputation without good reason and there are more than 500 good reasons why CBS News has the reputation for swiftness, accuracy and completeness that it has. Altogether, CBS News has almost 500 news sources scattered around the globe, sources ready to speed news from that area to CBS News headquarters in a matter of seconds. But this far-flung net to catch the news isn't all. At CBS News headquarters, there are seasoned newsmen on hand to weigh and assess the reports that come in. There are the thoughtful, analytical minds of such CBS newsmen as Lowell Thomas, Eric Severide, Robert Trout, Alan Jackson, Walter Cronkite, and many others to perceive the deeper meanings and the relationships between various events. Put all these components together and then add the full, regular broadcasting schedule on which CBS News operates, two hours and twenty minutes of news regularly scheduled every day And obviously, it is no wonder that millions of Americans rely on CBS News for swift, accurate, and complete reporting of the day's events.
1: Oh, hi. Dr. Renning said I could see you for a minute. Hello, sweetheart.
2: Hello, dear. Well, you got your boy?
1: I still got my girl. That's the main thing. Dr. Renning said you had sort of a rough time. Oh, it wasn't bad.
2: Looks as though you had a rougher time. Yeah, you poor darling. Sitting up all night. And your suit's all wrinkled. It's your new suit, too, isn't it? You need a shave. Your eyes are so sleepy and all red and blear. You must be dead tired, darling.
1: Oh, no, no. I'm I'm okay. Honey, after this, I want you to have the outside slice of the roast pork when we have it. What? What, dear? And I'm going to be the one who closes the window and puts the heater on in the bathroom for you.
2: Well, yes, yeah, sure. Honey, you better go home and get some sleep, and tell Betsy she has a brother.
1: Yeah. A brother. A boy.
2: Well, for heaven's sakes, didn't the doctor tell you?
1: Yeah, it just hit me. My son. Oh, yeah. My son. <laughs> well, what do you know? I got, I got a son. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome.
2: <laughs> now, you go home and get some sleep. And don't stop somewhere and buy an electric train. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, boy. <laughs> I said it would be, didn't I? Yes, didn't you I? did. Yes, you did, <laughs>
0: The Couple Next Door is written by Peg Lynch and stars Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce with Don Briggs and is produced by Walter Hart. This is Art Hannah speaking and inviting you to listen tomorrow to The Couple Next Door.